Okay. Welcome to the Roundtable Sangha. And this is uh, November 21st, 2022. And we'll be facilitated by Anne Blanchard. So I will hand the mic over to you, Anne. Okay, thank you so much. There are a number of housekeeping things to read, such as um, everyone's invited to share. If you'd like to share, please just unmute yourself. You may ask some questions to aid in reflecting. Uh, may clarify a term or two if that's helpful. And uh, that's it. So welcome to the Awakening Together Roundtable. Uh, these are our guest satsang reflections each month. We host a monthly satsang interview, and this month's interview was with Simone Anlaker. Simone shares her many gifts and practices in practical and loving terms. Her background uh, with the NARM, Neuroaffective Relational Model, as well as somatic healing techniques, bring a unique blend of understanding trauma and integrating it with the wisdom of non-duality. In 2017, she co-founded the Global Dyad Meditation Project, an online platform which provides global dyad meditation to a worldwide audience. In uh, her in-person and online program, Spiritual NBC, Spiritual Nonviolent Communication, Simone teaches the wisdom of trauma healing, the core of nonviolent communication and the dyad meditation as practical tools to realign with divine essence. For more information, you can visit their website at simoneanlicker.com or globaldyadmeditation.org. And in this episode, some practitioners from the Awakening Together community gather and reflect on the teachings from the satsang with Simone Anlicker. Uh, and maybe we'll just get started by asking if there's anyone that wants to share about anything that came up for them, or takeaways or little, little practices that, that might uh, prove helpful in the moment or useful in the future. Well, I can share something. This is Shauna. Um, I loved how she blended so many different practices together, nonviolent communication, the dyads, um, the havening. Um, just, it was really interesting to listen to someone that was so proficient in all of those practices together and how she was so passionate about and obviously guided to um, begin these practices in a step-by-step -step formula, it seemed like, given by inner wisdom. And she spoke a lot about inner wisdom and being guided to do these things and um, to be helpful is, is what my impression was, that she was very passionate about being helpful. Um, she talked a lot about trauma. And um, I think like you, Anne, that sounded more like conditioning, the way I per I. Um, defined as the conditioning of the mind and she called that trauma so um, those are my first impressions for right now wonderful yeah she uh she does look at it through this trauma lens and yes tra trauma i i think is basically uh didn't make it through some sort of event or circumstance pardon me just a second let reggie in So some event or circumstance that just didn't make it all the way through and instead just kind of grooved some reaction neural network in our brains, uh, in our literal, in this, you know, in the, in the, in the tissue itself. Um, and I, I like you was, um, just really appreciative of how committed she was to her journey. Um, and when she'd hit a roadblock, she would look for the tool to help her be with that. Um, and then she would give herself fully to whatever that, that modality was. Um, during the spiritual NBC program, um, uh, which is a program she does online once a week for eight or 10 weeks with uh, dozens and dozens of people from all over the world. 
And what, what is just so clear is that um, the human psyche gets conditioned in exactly the same way. We all had different details. We all had it happen at different times in different ways, but the conditioning aspect is exactly the same. And so what I really, one of the things I really appreciated that, that she spoke about was transcending versus transforming. And uh, it reminds me of the, the poem we contemplated from Shalane Harkin about transcending. Often, just a very fancy, gussied up adjective, uh, uh, transcendence or transcendent, um, and a, 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 you know, kind of a, a much made of verb. And it often means dissociation. It often means this doesn't, this doesn't feel good. I'm getting away from this really fast. And she offered instead that she had done quite a bit of the transcending, but realized that when she was in these situations, the same conditioning would come up. So that hadn't done anything. So then, then that's when it really put attention on, on, the, on what was available to really heal it is to transform the energy. And I think a, a similar word is to transmute the energies. I don't actually know the difference in those two words, but it's, it's instead of trying to push that whatever the energy is away, it's actually moving towards it. Um, and it's a willingness to let everything, first of all, let everything be the way it is. Transcending is like, this isn't it, I'm out. And I'm gonna go higher and I'm gonna go wider, or deeper, or just away. Um, and she was explaining that transforming is really going into the heart and feeling whatever's there, letting that energy come in whatever way it's gonna come. And I was struck by, um, you know, the commitment to identify that difference and then learn the different modalities for how to transform is, is evident because transcending, I, I, I think, involves comparing it and seeing if it's still here. And I mean, you can just feel the mental aspects to that. Whereas transforming is just literally giving the body over to let the energies dance through. And I feel like her, the way she articulated that again and again, um, pointed to the fact that that's only ever done in the moment. You know, we can't transform something from yesterday and we don't pre-transform for tomorrow. We take what is actually here and we move into it. And it's those energies that present themselves. And, and what I could hear her clearly saying is she sees it all as presenting itself for transforming. Um, so yeah, the, the, the different modalities, it's, 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 quite, it's quite an array. It seems like everything she ever found helpful, she not only became proficient in, but she mastered, you know, to the point where she was teaching it and certifying others. And that's just a, it's a beautiful living of the commitment for truth. Um, and I think that, as you said, that the teaching is we've all got these very, very unique paths. But if we keep checking in to see what, is, what am I to do now? Is this really being with this or is this just some fancy way to push it away? You know, only we ever know that. Nobody, you cannot tell that from, well, sometimes you might think you can tell from the outside, but allowing to come what comes and noticing if it gets stuck then maybe there are tools and maybe there's some learning that can be done, not for the sake of having a bunch of new concepts, but for the embodied experience of becoming more and more um, adept at shifting back into awareness because awareness has never resisted anything. There, and anytime something gets stuck, there has to have been some kind of identification with the person some kind of buying into this story of things not being as they should be. You know, the desire uh, that things be different is how NTI puts it, the tiny mad idea I think is how the course puts it. And can we identify that? And then ask, what am I to do? And as you said, she's just guided to so many different modalities, but there's one uh, through line to the whole thing, which is what's getting in the way of me being present let me befriend it and figure out how it is I can be with this in an effective way. So yeah, what a, what a gift that was. Um, 
I also really enjoyed um, hearing her reflect on, on how it is she found um, nonviolent communication that she just knew she needed uh, to bring some different perspective or become more resourced and whatever at the moment she, I don't know if she mentioned whatever she was dealing with at the time, whatever it was, she wasn't uh, being able to just be with it effortlessly. And that I think she said like the first, she was given this book and the first, uh, first sentence in it was something like, uh, you know, our capacity to compassionately give and be with another and have another be with us is kind of the, what we are innately born with. And that's the, that's the joy of life. And she, it was just wonderful to see her say, she's read that line and she just said, this is truth. I know this is true. I know this is the joy of life. And she could look within herself and see that there were areas where she was still closing. And so that also became a, a, one of the primary modalities. Um, but I, I noted her um, kind of really make the point with the spiritual NVC program that she's put together. I think she's renamed it to something like Embody. Embody, I think, something like that. And Embrace. Embrace, that's it, thank you, embrace. Embrace, because she thinks the NVC, the nonviolent communication can be super helpful, but knowing what the purpose is first allows NVC to be used as a tool and not an end, end in of itself. And, you know, she made that point again and again in the program um, that, and which is, you know, circles right back to what we're always um, pointed back to here at Awakening Together, which is why are we doing this? What do we want? What does our spiritual life aspire to? Or maybe just what does our life aspire to? What do we want? What's our, what, what do we want in this life? What do we want it to be for? What is really calling us? What makes our hearts sing? And by putting that first, what she called the spiritual part first, that allows the nonviolent communication to be a means through which one becomes more and more skillful in staying in the connection with abiding within the knowing that the spiritual aspiration is, is what the true north is. Um, but I, I really appreciated her making that point because as we took that class, there were many people who, it seemed like they were kind of into the steps for nonviolent communication and kind of getting, sometimes getting a little lost in that as being the end itself. And so it sounds like she's making the point and re, redoing the program a little bit so that the point is getting freer and freer, getting more and more present, uh, you know, being that which, which God made without all the conditioning that got layered on top. And, uh, and then to use the tools accordingly, depending on at any given moment, what, what you find yourself in. If you're kind of stuck or if you're kind of in a loop. Um, yeah, and that, which is, I think similar to all the practices we learn here at Awakening Together, there's no one practice. There's just, these are the practices and where are you? And can you check into intuition? What, what is it I need right now? Please help me see this differently. And part of being helped to see things differently is being guided to what will help us see things differently, which is these different practices and modalities. So. Yeah, it's kind of beautiful to, to watch how it all comes together with the framework. It's all the same framework, but the details just fill in a little differently. So looking at her website, I mean, it's the Healing from Trauma, Spiritual NBC, Nonviolent Communication, Global, Global Dyad Meditation, and Embrace with Grace. I just think that's so gorgeous. And it has um, the, the phoenix rising from the ashes. And then oh, I stand with you in the fire of your transformation. I just think that's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. I mean, she said she had people from um, all over the world that join every day. She does this every day. 
Yeah, well, I think it's set up now. I think I heard her say it kind of runs itself. They have a training and they have different leaders that agree to open the room at different times. And it sounds like she is really good at starting something and then taking her hands off uh, and watching it grow organically. Because I also, I also heard her um, share that it sounded a lot like Regina. The global dyad will, will, will be there for as long as it is to be there as long as it is, is kind of easy and doesn't involve a lot of struggle. You know, like, like she uses that as the guide for whether consciousness wants us to keep going. And she sounded incredibly unattached to what that looks like and the forms that that takes. And I mean, talk about embracing with grace. I mean, that's the, that's the freedom. Um, thy will, not my will, right? Uh, and, I, and, I, and I love that she can go all the way from the global meditation dyad where there's several times a day and you could go have a dyad almost any time you want all the way to what do you do when your mind just keeps firing out these thoughts and you've really got a, a sense of not being safe, a sense of not even being in your body, a sense of just being wigged out. What do you do when that mind storm just overtakes? And then next thing you know, like here comes havening something not only specifically directed to meet the moment, right? Because at no moment during havening, are we like kind of gently uh, touching our hands and we're not guided to hope it all goes away. No, this is just to help us center back into what's actually here. You know, and the same thing with our face. It helps us just bring presence to what is. The what is just keeps dancing. And can we stand with our own fire of self-transformation? And sometimes when it feels a little hot, you know, this, this whole havening where you just take your hands and you just gently feel that something is bringing a sense of connectedness, a sense of embodiedness. And um, there's something so tender about that, you know, meeting someone at whatever point and their process they are and you know as we all know it only takes a moment of conditioning to get triggered to all of a sudden have the illusion that you are trapped inside of a body that's on fire and you know flames i mean so the whole thing can come so quickly right and that others are, are, are you know all kind of not helping and they all need to change very very quickly because it's a threat i mean to say it right now it like it sounds ridiculous, but we all know we can get there in a heartbeat. And so how nice to know that literally part of what can bring your brain waves back in coherence is just to slowly bring your attention to the fact that you can feel this, that you are doing this, that, and somehow what this does is it sends signals to the nervous system via more coherent brain waves all as well. And so there's we all know like that's a wonderful mantra, but if the whole system is screaming, ah, ah, nothing's well, and we're just gonna say all's well, all's well, you can see how that becomes a suppression technique. That's actually kind of a shaming, like get your act together, all is well, you know, and, and, there, and there's nothing kind of embodied about that. And there's also nothing gentle about that. So I love how she is committed to truth with a capital T and yet meets the, differentiated experience of humanness just right wherever it is which with whatever small um technique that can shift us into resting and that's that's all that you know rest accept and trust is right it's just allowing the mind to just go but without feeding it anymore allowing all these conditioned responses that are well underway in the body to just be and be with them and then trust trust that all of this is happening for us, but that this is allowing energy to transform itself. I mean, the good news is <laughs> we don't do the transforming. We do the, we do the willingness part, <laughs> which is what a gift. <laughs> Imagine trying to learn transforming. No. Wow, no, that's a whole lot.
I'd like to um, just let the people know who are listening that it's it's Haven, H-A-V-E-N, as in safe haven, Havenine. So she made a verb out of that. And I just love the ones where you put, you cross your arms and put your hands on the outside of your arms yeah. and just gently rub down. She said to always rub down. I forget why she said that, but it's so helpful. Or like you said, rub your face rub your hands together, just a very gentle, like you said, bringing you into the present moment and allowing more presence with what's here. So thank you, Anne, that was beautiful. Yeah, and, they, and they've done, uh, I, think the, I think the doctor's name is Kate Pruitt. I, I think that's who it is, who's done all kinds of studies and they, they, they've actually measured this more and more. Um, there is just more uh, mind-heart coherence in this form of these delta waves. And, and uh, I love that she's so fascinated with science, but she's fascinated with evidence-based practices that don't become an end to themselves. I mean, what you, what you never hear during that program is make sure you haven, you know, like, like that's never it. It's just like, it's there if it's helpful. Um, and some, one thing I did, you know, I still use that I learned from her is that one to 10, you know, right now, just check in because mine's always, there's something always wrong, right? Mine's always got something that's not the way it should be. And the world's not the way it should be. And this body isn't the way it should be. And the day isn't the way it should be. And, you know, uh, you know, the sun's either too bright or not out at all, or, or it's like hazy or like, I mean, it's, it's like, doesn't matter. And um, what I love is that all of the practices say, okay, okay. Just say, okay, okay. And they just meet us right there and slowly allow even that to be accepted, um, even that to be welcomed. Uh, and it's, it's just a gentle, com compassionate approach. Um, and I, I've just never seen a lot of people make much progress by doubling down on ego by haranguing it. You know, and whereas I've seen lots of uh, softening in myself when the fear, the belief that we're actually separate, that we've been dropped down here all alone to fend for ourselves, meet that with tenderness and, and, and befriend that. Um, you know, the antidote for fear is never shame. <laughs> It's it, in fact, it's the other direction. It's shame says everything's awful and you're right. You are separate. You don't even belong to be here and you don't belong to have love. Uh, whereas trust says, what if even this is okay? What if I don't know what anything's for? What if even this can be trusted? Wouldn't that be wild? And, and you know, just right away, one feels lighter and one feels uh, almost like you have to protect yourself from your ego. So now it's like, you've got ego protecting itself from ego. And it's like, how far out does that go? Well, I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a spiral. It seems like it just keeps spinning. So yeah, I, and I can see that the, the naturalness of renaming her program Embrace with Grace, because it's all just coming back into the truth of what we are, which, can be with everything it, it, it it's constantly with everything i mean this we're never without this presence this, this presence is us this is what we meet the day with it's what we meet the night with it's, and the idea that we could be without it um while it it may run a lot the kind of practices she points to allows you to go back in and really question whether that's true um, can presence ever leave? Where would it go? Uh, you know. So, yeah. Well, my experience with her, um, with her one to ten exercise, was to kind of feel into the amount of stress or what thoughts were were bothering you and on the loop, and figure out from one to ten where you were. And I was pretty relaxed and content and happy, so I was only at a three. I figured. And then we did the um, havening, especially me with the arms, 
going down. And then I just dropped down to a complete zero. I mean, I couldn't detect any, any stress at all. So that's a fabulous thing. And we did it, what, for three, four minutes? I mean, hardly yeah. any time at all. I think she explained it. And then I think she counted to 20. And then I think she did it again, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah. very effective because you have an apps, a number that you can see. I was here and a lot of people were up at six and eight Yeah, and they dropped right down. So that's fabulous. Thank you. Yeah. I, I could feel that. Um, I remember at that point I like wanted to be a three, but when I checked in, it was like, I'm a seven or an eight, like mine was just on a loop. So it was lovely to, to say, yep. First of all, that alone, I never would have told you I was a seven or eight. Just that question is so helpful to orient to what's actually happening. Just that is like, ah. And then I, all of a sudden I, I could feel a lot more like kind of compassion. Like, oh, let me, I, like, let me get you a little more comfortable. And uh, you know, what, you want a cup of tea, you know? But then doing the havening, yeah, brought it all the way down. I mean, I was like, I would have said a zero. I could feel a teeny, so I put a one, but um it's amazing what bringing attention inward to not just be with everything, but to be our own comforter, um, you know, to meet whatever's going on with this gentleness that, that we can be. And I feel like that by putting a number on it, my senses, it helps teach me. That's what I want to do. You know, it helps, it, it, somehow that grooves in more. Oh, okay, that's as much of a shift. I mean, mind loves to measure this shit. It loves to measure, loves to say if nothing's the way it should be. And then you kind of say, checkmate, how about now? And it's like, it's just not there anymore. I, I couldn't hear any complaining. I couldn't hear any, my mind just went quiet. Just with that intentional uh, soothing of the nervous system. Um, and you had said you didn't, I don't think she said why. She said, you don't go up, you always go down. I think in these studies, they did a bunch of different things. And these were the three, they did a bunch of different, because you know there's like tapping and this and that. And that's not to say those other things don't work. It's just to say that when they did the studies, the three things that worked the best were the hands, just like, just like you're rinsing, washing your hands, uh, your face as if you're like, it's as if you're bringing water up to your face. It just slowly, your whole face um, and, um, and the arms. And at least with the face, I mean, that's where the vagus nerve runs. So anytime we give ourselves some vagal tone, we can bring ourselves out of uh, fight flight and into that more restful uh, exploratory orienting where we're just kind of present and curious and but this apparently does too, this both sides, bringing it down the arms and then, um, and just the hands. Yeah, for me, the face and the arms were always the most, um, the most helpful. Uh, while it feels good to rub my hands, for some reason that's never really seemed to be the, the go-to move, but you know, I. I know, I know we all have a little different, different wiring. I also liked, um, she really emphasized that teaching was for yourself. She was teaching to learn it better for herself, just like Regina does. So that really, um, for me, really resonates to trust. It's not like she knows more than she said this. I don't know, you know, I'm not up here teaching you. Um, so that really increases my trust in what's coming through her. Yeah, yeah. It, it was wonderful to hear her really say she was led to all these practices for herself, to teach herself, and she was led to put herself course together because the guidance came to put the course together. She didn't all of a sudden decide, I want to do this or I want to do that. Just like the global dyad meditation, the guidance was to make this available online. And the specific guidance was don't make it a business, right? Don't charge, don't have that be part of it. And, uh, you know, what a gift to, uh, first of all, to be able to hear that guidance. But second of all, to be able to follow it. 
right? The time, the energy. I mean, you know, she's got a life. She's got expenses. She's got things. We've all got things. And yet just trusting that all will be provided. My role is to follow this guidance um, and to just trust. And it, it's just, um, like you say, it, it, it increases the trust I have in, in what she does because there's a purity to it. And, and, you know, she said that all 10 weeks, eight weeks or 10 weeks, uh, she would introduce a practice and then she would say, now you go try this. This is for you, for you to see, does it work? Does it not work? Is it helpful? Is it not helpful? This is all just what, I, what, what was helpful for her at different times. Um, and she said, even now, when she, when she reteaches the class, she gets back in touch with the fact that the fact that she's reteaching this class is for her. If others benefit, great, but she's reteaching herself. Um, and uh, there's a purity in that that's so clean. You know, there's no, um, you can just, you can tell she is not buying into a story of me in a world of other people. And it's just, it's just not part of, um, where she is and that's that's just gorgeous because that's that that's that that's the probably Regina's biggest message isn't you got everything you need inside go inside and ask and then follow and if you can't follow don't give yourself a hard time don't 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 double down maybe take a look at what's actually going on just recommit I mean what did uh the half an hour before that was uh the uh, uh, deepening into clarifying the teachings. And in that we were talking about uh, Ms. Argadada and you know, faith is the willingness to try. And I felt like that whole satsang with Simone, she just kept demonstrating that she had the willingness to try, willingness to try this, willingness to try that. You never heard her go, yeah, well, that wasn't the whole answer. So I had to keep searching. No, that was the answer. And that answer brought me to this next answer. That was the answer, that was the answer. But the answer is to continue having the willingness to try um, and trust faith, you know, just leads, leads the way, um, brings what we need to have brought in. And, and uh, can we just take this very next step knowing that we don't know what the next step is? Um, because that's we don't need it. We don't need it. We're, we're busy on this step. So is your is your mind in the future, or is your mind in the past? And we bring it right here, and we just say, it's it's the same with trans, transcend versus transform. Transcend is a concept where you, something is different, and we have to get there. Transform is just how much can I be with this, and see if grace, life. What is going to transform this energy? <laughs> um, it's it's more it feels much more just like an offering, and I feel like her whole life has been kind of an offering that she's been willing to offer to others. So yeah, that's a the purity and the, and the generosity is huge. It just continues to um, it continues. Hey there, it continues to uh, it. it, it my sense is that her journey just continues to like deepen and widen because her eye is only on what's, what's for her to do next. Uh, not some backtracking to some sense of a self that's trying to build something or not, or not build something. So that's, that's kind of beautiful too. When people who have such success with what they do uh, don't give much notice at all to that, except to ask what's next, what's next, what's next. Yeah. So then I wondered if you could speak a little about dyads. What is the benefit of dyads, especially doing them um, often, like daily? Yes. Well, if the whole name of the game is first to know if I'm a zero or a 10, do I even know I'm a zero to a 10? Do I even know I'm, there's activation here? Do I even know there's discomfort? So the very first thing a dyad does, right, is come back in, 
and say, what is here right now? And for me, bringing the spotlight of attention, we talk about inward, inward focus, but the, the dyad is literally kind of an incubator for inward focus. And we're just with what's here so completely that you can't help but allow everything that's present to be present because the whole point is just to report out what's here. Um, it's like what I, what I heard Simone talk about where when she did the dyad with another um, individual, um, she was just, you know, the question was, who am I? And, and there's something about taking the question, bringing it back in like a laser. What is actually here? Right now? What is this? I mean, you could say, well, there's kind of an awareness here. There's a knowingness here. Okay. What is that? What is that? Who are you? And there's something about bringing attention right in on the truth of what we are. That makes the conditions ripe for the revealing, right? I mean, so it's, it's so, it's the, it's like kind of anti-goal oriented. It's all means. The means is the, is the end. The means is the end. Um, so I think that there are some people who just naturally have this inward focus and they can sit for hours and journal and, and meditate. And, and I think that that's not most people. I think most people have active minds. Uh, they're pulled out into the world constantly. And so the benefit of doing a dyad practically every day would be no matter what mind says, this hour, there will be continuous moments of inward focus such that that what's not true is seen, witnessed, allowed to come. And that makes room for what is true. Um, I heard her talking about how one of the really powerful practices that she does and instituted was when you do the dyad, so you've cleared out the, a lot of the mental chatter, you've been present to all the stuff, you've, you've noticed you're a nine or a six and, and just by being present with it, maybe you've brought it down to a one or a two. And so things are a little quieter. And then you can pick up your pen and say, what would you have me know? Um, and then once you get some guidance, reading it to each other, right? Would just in that moment, just allows that to just go deeper and deeper. Um, so I have never done the dyad and writing. I actually, I used to do that with Helen Avery because she liked to write after we would do dyads, but I've never done it with Simone in that particular group. Um, I can see how beautiful that would be. First, you prime the pump with presence. And then you basically say, what is it you'd have me know? Um, I think most people would be shocked. The profound wisdom that lies within. Do they get quiet enough to ask? And do they have the structure that supports getting them to the point where they can trust it? Um, and so for me, the reason diets are, are essential is because even if mind jerks around and wants a cup of tea and wants to go get this done and wants to think, when I'm in a diet, at least those 40 minutes, constantly back, constantly back, constantly back, just right here the whole time. And then having the presence of another joined in the intention to know the truth um, kind of alchemizes that when two or more are gathered, right? Um, and then the rest is just trust, right? It's the willingness to try to show up and then just trust. Um, but every time I trust and, and fed more and more and led more and more, that just reinvigorates the, that just reinvigorates the trust, right? Yeah. Well, that was intuitive writing that that's what Cindy was 
I heard Cindy talk about that, not so much Simone, was intuitive writing after a dyad. Yes. And Simone set that up. She decided they're going to go, I think she had said at the time, 10 days was her first, um, the first time she tried it. And now it's, it's just part of the, the, part of the kind of the smorgasbord of choices on the menu of the, of the um, global dyad is that you can have a dyad and then intuitive writing. And then the group actually sticks around and, and shares it with each other, which is just, you know, if, you know, if, if the call in your heart is to be more and more present to the truth of what you are, I can just see how much that, that feeds that desire. I mean, uh, you know, most of our days are spent kind of being pulled here and there and all that's outward focus and nothing at all wrong with it. It's just that it, it, it often doesn't lend itself to feeding that true desire unless there's kind of a structure, at least in, in, in my life. Unless of course, it's a whole day of being out in nature with people that, <laughs> that are in the same intention, you know, but I, my sense is being in a dyad, uh, you know, depending on the muscle memory inside to keep internal, you know, inward focus. Cause even on a hike, you know, it's just the mind can get going. It's like, next thing you know, you're back in high school and there's that guy. And it's like, oh my God, I haven't even seen any of the tree. Like, how do I just get another half a mile? So the thing about the diet is, is like, I can do anything for five minutes. And there's something about regular coming back in, being asked, you know, there's something about that that just regrooves the brain. Um, and I, I would think to have a truly continually mindful hike you would have to have a pretty mature mind. And I just happen not to have one of those yet. <laughs> but I look forward. Yeah, those mindful hikes are some of my favorites when um, Regina's facilitating a retreat. She will give us instructions that the only thing that we can say is what's here right now. And I love that because otherwise, like you said, people are often, they're just talking the whole time. They don't see that hawk flying. They don't see the, the, the critter prints in the sand. They don't smell the pine trees. They don't even notice the mountain right in front of them. So that's a little um, sample of what we miss in life in general when we're not present. And I love yes. that you said um, the dyad is, is building muscle memory to do that. And that, I love that. In fact, I didn't, I was invited to join a hiking group here in Levita and I turned it down because I don't want to go out and talk. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, what I love when Regina and, and others in Awakening Together lead is, um, I guess, especially Regina, she leads by example because you can give the instruction, but we've all been at plenty of events where instructions have been given and the pull of the mind to its sub-programming, it's like, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. The pull of the mind is so intense down to that sub-programming. Um, and it runs, and that, that it's just so interesting how the moment our attention goes up to thinking, oh, I'm not even sure that, what am I gonna have for dinner? What do I need? What, what about, what? there's this sub-programming running is never going to be okay and things aren't i'm not okay that the i am bad belief can just run and run and run and it's never even seen it, it, awareness doesn't even land on it which is so wild i don't even know how that happens but that's why um even things like havening right even this it literally brings attention right because you can feel it and you're doing it and it like brings attention inward good luck thinking about last night or thinking about that person that ticked you off. It just, it kind of cuts through. It's, it's basically a very intense for me, presence practice. It's a tactile presence practice. And it's, it's, it's kind of passive. So I don't have to be like, okay, present, present. I just have to say, Oh, how's this? Oh, okay. I feel okay. And then by giving it the seven or the two or the three, and then giving it the, you're just kind of reining in a mind that wants to go to outward focus, up to thoughts or, or, or down to rumination. And 
keeps it right here because my sense from Simone was these were all ways, all the trauma work, all the norm stuff, all the NDC stuff is just portals back to here, to this open, empty, available presence. Um, so it can sound like a whole bunch of different practices, but all roads lead to Rome, which is just what Leonard Jacobson, oh, you, the, Leonard Jacobson gave us this great where he said, you know, mine wants to go to the past. We check that out. We bring it right here. And then mine wants to go to the future. We check out, we check, and we just come right here. And this is our prayer posture because this is the present. Let go of the past, go of the future, just be right here, just stay right here. And the right here is always the point of powers in the present moment because we're fully present then. Even when crazy thoughts run, if we're present, they don't hook us because they're seen. Like, I don't want to run with that. It's when they're not seen that they take the system over, which is, which is what um, even, even the havening, right? Whatever was running subconsciously for me, I really wasn't even aware of it. Um, but just that havening just brought me right present, just right here. Um, I can't tell you where I was, but I can certainly tell you I came back. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm curious about the, um, nonviolent communication. She calls it spiritual nonviolent communication. Simone does. So, um. She says here on her website, it's a practical way of living in a spiritual understanding. It is a conscious attitude, a state of being, more than just a communication model. And awareness, discipline, masked as a communication process is what it says here in the beginning. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. And it's an awareness discipline. Yes. Yeah, masked as a communication process. Yeah. So she she takes the NVC, which is that nonviolent communication, which is all about just very, from what I understand, very deep listening of another and owning every single iota of interpretation, which mind adds, and owning it very consciously and very transparently by saying things like, you know, I heard you say X, you know, can you tell me more? You know, like it is just continually, my sense of it was checking this interpretation, this, this expectation generator here. Like I just, I glance at you and I've already got six different ideas and things. So we just continually check that. But whereas nonviolent communication, I think, I think the point of that is that true connection between individuals what I hear Simone saying is the reason we'd like to have connection between individuals is because when I'm connected to you truly, I'm not me anymore. I'm presence, right? I'm not trying to get the and to connect to the Shauna. I am allowing the Shauna to show up however Shauna shows up and I'm dropping the and lens through which the filter of mind and just being the pure presence. And I mean, the greatest gift we can all give each other, ourselves in the world is the, just the, the purity of the presence that we are. That's what sees the hawk. That's what sees the mountain. That's what sees the prince and has this natural self-effulgence, like your whole body lights up. You don't even know what that means, but, but there's just something about the witnessing of life that, and life is just so sacred when it is unadulterated, undimmed by these programs and this layering that continually and unconsciously puts this filter of concepts and expectations and judgments. And that's, that's, it's the expectations and the judgments and the filter that nonviolent communication holds up very clearly, but they just do it as a communication device. Now, the, the originator of it, I think my sense is Marshall Rosenberg, he, my sense is 
he saw that as the means to true connection, truth to truth. But my sense is you can't teach that. And to teach it would make the Anne character think she's now truth. And we all see what that does with spiritual egos, right? I mean, all you got to do is call someone a minister or call them a facilitator or call them or whatever. The next thing you know, the, the most well-meaning people can fall back into the grandiosity of the story of them. Ego loves it, right? So I feel like the nonviolent communication was what he was given as a way to bring people more into their hearts. And, um, and if you really take that to its natural conclusion, it's exactly the same as Simone's talking about. It's just, it's just not the way necessarily that Marshall Rosenberg, I mean, because he was taking people, my sense is, you know, largely unconscious and giving them the means to bring them more conscious, right? So you're not going to bring someone unconscious and tell them, go ahead, here's how you be truth. And they're like, they don't, they don't want to be truth. They just want to get along with, they just want to stop fighting with the world, right? So it seems like one of those modalities that was designed to meet people where they were. Um, but for Simone, it's a launch pad to the truth, which is beautiful. That is beautiful. And I love how um, you, you uh, demonstrated that it's the spiritual NBC nonviolent communication is a true listening. It's a deep, deep listening, being present. And I notice also when I'm being really present to listen to someone, I listen to someone, I'll notice a judgment come in and then I, I'll feel for the attack energy, you know, something that's just slightly attacking, you know, and then yes. I have the choice point. Then yes. I can decide not to say that and check within, you know, what is there something here you would have me say or not? And just simply being really present and really listening um, with no intention, with, with nothing being paid attention to the mind going on. People just love that. That's that true connection. You leave a discussion like that and energized and inspired instead of drained. Yes. And so many people don't get that. They, many people have said to me, oh my gosh, I just love being seen. Yes. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, apparently that's, that's the most basic me. I mean, like Leonard Jacobson was saying, right. That's the, that's the second step uh, before enlightenment, which is just, you know, oh, that's right. Yeah. I keep forgetting you went there. He said the second step before enlightenment is to say, I, I just want to be present with you. I just want you present with me, me present with you. That that's the second step before enlightenment. You know why? Because the first step before enlightenment is, I don't need anything from you. I will stay present and you'll do you. That's the last step. But the second to last step is what's a very reasonable, understandable human request, which is just, if just your presence is all that's requested here and I'll be offering mine. But that's the, I loved it. It was the, step, the second to last step before enlightenment because even that is a huge huge step to be able to know that's what you want to be able to articulate it to be able to ask for what you want that powerfully um so yeah that's that's beautiful and and i what i can feel with simone the times i've i've been with her is um just this fully open compassionate presence Um, willing is just just totally available and and curious i mean there were people in the class sometimes that would get very confused and there were a lot of people it seemed like quite a number of people uh in 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 some distress and having a lot of things going on in life and, and having no it would appear from what they said like no place where it's okay to bring it no place where it's okay to feel it. And so she had a lot coming at her. <laughs> and, and the Zoom, there were a hundred people in the class, maybe 80. So like it had like pages of Zoom and she'd get the, and she, every time she just turned towards it. You could feel like 
it was like she it was like she was already like this and then she'd just be like this you know like she's just open to the whole thing and um and what was also clear she was not there to fix your problem she didn't buy into she could be compassionate with the suffering without buying into any of the story about how it is because she was just there being fully present giving the person all the room that they may find to either go deeper into it or to just slip out of it you know like so she just it was really beautiful she was quite masterful at how she took on all manner of questions all within like i've got to look at the time or you know it was really she was she was quite it was that's that is quite a program um um very comprehensive to allow people to really come into the fullness of who they are yeah just looking uh, down at my yeah go ahead talk about a safe haven right in, in yeah. front of someone like that that's so open and accepts you exactly the way you are without trying to fix you that's totally safe wow yeah what a yeah. gift yeah yeah it was um it was quite and some some incredibly brave people um going through all kinds of stuff i mean my, my spiritual buddy one week was a woman who was right in the capital of Ukraine. And it was the week before the invasion and, and, you know, just still showing up for these spiritual NBC classes. Cause she knew the more present she could be, you know, for herself, for her husband, for her clients, she was a psychologist for her kids who she kept sending them to school because like, until we have, you know, until there's, until life is not what it is, keep living life. Right. Uh, but it was so brave. I mean, so many people uh, showing up. It was quite, um, I mean, there was just no way. I didn't come away from that every day. So thankful for all that I personally have been given and experienced in this life, you know. Uh, and it was a real, what I saw from that class is there's a real thirst for what you just said, for a compassionate listening without trying to be fixed and without, um, without someone demanding you be any certain way. Um, and that's what Simone embodied the entire time, like unflappably. <laughs> it was quite something, quite something, very heart opening a different energy than Regina, same heart, different package, same heart. Yeah. Great observation. Yes. We're really blessed to have so many wonderful people like Simone and Annika come to, you know, waking you together and open their hearts and their process for us to ah, just be loving in. That's right. Yep. And, 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 you know, glance back and see, there comes that moment where you look back and I don't find an Anne. I, I don't see an Anne. I see a, I, I feel wide open presence, that heart, my heart, you know, we all get a glimpse of ourselves in, in the purity of standing as presence, you know, as the, as the listening, not even a listener. It's like listening is what, you know, is what's available. So yeah. Yes. Super blessed. So blessed. Well, thank you, Anne, for facilitating this hour, and I hope everyone will enjoy, I'm sure everyone will enjoy what was reviewed with some And, and I'll, I'll read a quick outro before yes. you stop, uh, before you push the non-record anymore. Uh, what this says is that's it for today. That's it for us. Thank you all for joining the discussion, and thank you for those who joined to listen. As always, it is wonderful to have a space where we can go deeper into what we seek to teach ourselves. If you are interested in more information about anything on this podcast or the Awakening Together community, we invite you to join us in our online sanctuary at awakening-together.org or our YouTube channel under the same name.
There are also a series of podcasts of which this will be added under that same name. All are welcome and we would love to have you. Again, thank you for joining today. Thank you, Anne. <laughs>